Welcome to the Big Dreams Great Teams podcast with me, your host, Paula Maidens. I'm a mum of two, a hiring and leadership coach, speaker, ex-corporate recruiter and serial entrepreneur who is obsessed with teaching capable business owners just like you how to become graceful and powerful leaders surrounded by a team who perform like rock stars. On this podcast, we'll be talking about all things people, business and leadership because Big dreams need great teams. You simply cannot do it on your own. I'm excited to have you here. Let's dive in. In my opinion, profit doesn't get talked about enough. It's like the poor cousin of sales or revenue, but it actually matters a whole lot more. That's why I've invited Laura O'Hagan onto the podcast today to chat about all things profit and more specifically, how to increase how much you pay yourself and how much profit your business makes. Laura is a profit and growth consultant who helps business owners pay themselves more and she specializes in the health, beauty and professional services industries. The focus of her work is helping business owners, frankly, pay themselves more, increase profit and reap more financial reward from their business or while they grow their business in a way that's aligned to their ultimate vision. But I really want to emphasize how much emphasis she places on that profit part. She really makes sure it's prioritized every step of the way. She's a profit first professional, a chartered accountant, certified coach, and she's actually been my coach for the last 18 months. So of course, she's also a friend. So I'm super excited to share her with you all today. A very big warm welcome to you, Laura. Thanks for being here. Ah, Thank you for that lovely welcome. It was so good to be here. Laura, you've been in business for, I think, about five years, and you've got a pretty interesting background. Would you like to share a bit about your experience and what's led you to doing this work? Yes, I would love to. So it's interesting. I kind of think about my business in terms of five years, but I started kind of dabbling in that space before that. But five years, I've been kind of fully self-employed and in this space. So what brought me here? It's a bit of a you know an interesting journey, but I'll kind of give you the abridged version, is I have been working with business owners in the early stages and startup of business in the kind of first part of my career in being a business owner myself and helping business owners. And what I saw over and over again was people working so hard, chasing so much on the revenue side. And we're going to talk about why that is, but I get it because I was a bit in that trap as well and not necessarily ever getting to that point that they felt they would get to, right? So it's easy to get kind of caught up in that constant hamster wheel, chasing revenue, chasing sales, thinking the next contract, the next client, the next thing is going to kind of fix your um, cash flow and profitability. And I was seeing this over and over again with clients that I was working with, people that I met through business. And I kind of started to see some of the same pattern in myself and my business. So I got to work and kind of shifted how I was thinking about that in my business. And as I did, I started sprinkling that through some of the work I was doing with my clients and I got such great feedback and they were really loving that work. I decided to really pivot and shift and work with clients on the profitability of their business because that is where they achieve all of the things they want, right? The the pay that they want to pay themselves, the financial reward, the flexibility, all of these amazing things come when we focus on profitability. So it's been a bit of a journey, but I love, I love this work. 
Amazing. I can't wait to chat about this because I've definitely been exactly where you've talked about. I've, you know, been chasing the next level in business and then sort of looked back and thought, well, hang on, how come this doesn't feel better? Yeah. Why isn't there more money in the bank, frankly, when, you know, these 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 figures, these benchmarks, these which were ultimately sales was what I was trying to chase. And when I got there, I was like, oh, okay, what, why doesn't it feel great? So I can't wait to dive in. Let's start with profit. Yep. Why do you think that profit isn't talked about very much because that's certainly how it feels like to me. Right. I loved when you sort of suggested this as a question because it really got me thinking, like, why aren't we speaking about this as much? And I kind of came up with a few different things. Like I think there's multiple factors that are really feeding into this. But one of the things is most people are starting businesses because they're passionate about what they do right? They're a passionate health or beauty professional or a professional services and marketing agency. They're so passionate about that. And that's where their area of expertise is, right? And potentially they've kind of come at, through a natural progression in their career and realized they wanted to be a business owner. And I think as employees, because I reflected on my time, right, when I was an employee, we're not also spoken to about profitability. We're spoken to about chargeable hours or the number of clients we're delivering. So I think it starts really early. And so these people, amazing business owners delivering amazing services, go out and start their own business, but they're not business experts and no one expects you to be, right? So I think there's this learning curve because obviously, we need to be selling our services to have a business. So initially the focus goes there. I think it takes time for that realization to come through that that's not necessarily what gives you the financial reward. So I think that's one of the areas is we haven't kind of come through our career thinking about profitability and leading to our own business. You know, most people that start a business haven't done an MBA and nor should they need to right? But so it's a learning process. It's a journey to kind of realize those different metrics in business. And I think the online world, you know, I know not everyone's in the online world, but I know there's so much conversation out there about, you know, there's a saying that like revenue equals vanity and profit equals sanity, right? And so it's really easy to kind of focus on those vanity measures. And again, I think it's great when people grow their business. So we're not saying that's not a great thing. But it's interesting, it's pretty easy for people to compare a $500,000 turnover business or a million-dollar business and talk about that. And I think there's a misconception that that's the success marker. But it's difficult to have that conversation about profit because profit is so variable between businesses, right? A business that's turning over $200,000 could have the same level of profit as a million-dollar business. So people aren't talking about that. And I think it's a nuanced conversation, right? There's a lot of things that you'd have to explain to kind of be able to benchmark and compare. So I think that's another factor too, is it's sort of simple to talk about revenue and there's a lot of focus on that. And especially because those business owners have gone in and realized, hey, the first thing I need to do is make sales, get clients in the door. And so that kind of then feeds off of that a little bit too. And then the third thing I was thinking about too, which I'm an accountant by background and I know you are too, Paula, so we won't tell, we won't tell too many people about that, but the traditional accounting formula, which I was trained at university in, is revenue minus expenses equals profit. And so what does that mean? We just think profit's going to drop out at the end if we work harder, if we do all the things, if we're smart in our business. 
And my thought is that we need to bring the same intention to profit as we are to revenue and sales. And so kind of, you know, profit first. And one of the ways I work with my clients is really shifting that. We want to bring profit further up in that equation. So we shift that that formula to revenue minus profit equals expenses and put that top of mind. So there's a few of these different factors that are kind of feeding in into why profit isn't spoken about. But there are a couple of the things that I really think are happening out there. And it takes that journey for people to realize like, hey, I'm not getting that profit dropping out of the bottom. I'm not getting the financial reward. And then the shift comes. And I think that there is exactly what I experienced. I think that, as you just said, I'm qualified as an accountant myself. I spent the first, I want to say, seven, eight years of my life in banking. And gosh, one of my jobs was actually to analyze the the profit and loss and balance sheets of big companies that the bank was lending money to to decide if we should give them any money. And I remember vividly the software system that we used to use would make a loss. So like if a profit figure, so revenue minus expenses equals profit, if that profit figure, you know, if the expenses was bigger than the revenue, then the profit was actually a loss and and the software system would make it red. Mm -hmm. And that was like this big alert, like it shouldn't be red. And so when I started business for myself, when I was looking at my numbers, I don't know whether I was using the same spreadsheets or whatever, but when, you know, when that figure was red, it actually used to make me feel a bit sick Mm. to think that my expenses was bigger than my revenue. But I remember like all the business groups I was in, everyone was like, oh, no, no, but it's the early days. It's always going to be like that. And then our focus, certainly amongst my peers, was how do you grow that revenue line to solve that profit figure? Exactly. Whereas what you've just said is if we look at it as revenue or sales, less profit gives you the expenses. So this is your ring fence around what you can and can't spend, then that's your way to fix profit. And I reckon it took 10, 11 years and obviously a a big process of working through this with you to really look at my expenses, but for that to change in my brain. Mm. And I say that from that perspective of someone who's good at numbers. Right. You know, and I kind of just think I thought I had this numbers thing sorted with my experience and my qualifications and what, but actually I was thinking about it wrong. So let's talk a little bit more about that. So shifting your thinking from revenue, less profit equals expenses. You know, you dropped that in before, but I think it needs emphasis. Let's talk to that. Okay, cool. So I'm with you and this is why I think like there's no shame. We don't want to make anyone feel bad about this because you and I are accountants Right. And we brought the traditional accounting like mindset to our businesses because I was the same. I was like, you know, hopefully eventually one day I'll make enough sales and then like there'll be all this money kind of dropping out the bottom because I just did what we've always been trained to do. And almost like that's what the conversation around us was happening. So that shift, right. And, and, you know, a big part of this process for me was reading profit first. Right. And like you said, I, I had that mindset of like, I'm an accountant. I know what I'm doing. Like I'm, I'm profitable. Um, I don't have that red number at the bottom of my, you know, zero each month, but was it as profitable as it could be? When I read the book, I actually realized like, no. Right. And I, and I was doing that traditional accounting methodology which is great for like tax and compliance and all of those things. But what we want to be thinking about is, you know, that shift, like we're talking about that formula that we're, that's really like core to the profit first methodology, revenue minus profit equals expenses, because there's this thing that happens, right? Where 
we take as much as we have to do something, right? Like, and, you know, speaking about deadlines, we were just speaking about deadlines before the call. If you've got an hour to turn something around, usually can, right? If you've got two weeks to turn it around, takes two weeks. Um, And if you've got $10,000, you know, for the month to run your business on, oh my God, it takes $10,000. And if you've, you know, set aside your profit and maybe you've got $7,000 to run your business on, it's incredible how you can do that. So I loved that word you used about ring fencing. We want to ring fence off profit first and set that aside first. And this is cash, right? In profit first and this methodology, it's all about real cash, not necessarily that accounting profit that you get at the end of the year. And you're like, well, I don't know, it's $25,000, but where's, where's the money? We're talking about cash and ring fencing that off first and then figuring out and innovating and adapting. How do we run our business right off the remainder? And you know, that, that, that human behavioral thing that we do about taking as much as we have to get something done kicks in. And it's incredible to start seeing, Hey, it was costing me X amount of dollars to run my business. But suddenly now that I've ring fenced it and kind of put that constraint over myself, now I can run my business off less or innovate or do things in a smarter way. And that's really powerful shift. And to share with everybody, I think I shared a little bit about it on some of my reflective episodes in the past, but I'll go into a little bit more detail now. I got to a stage with growing my business where I had grown my expense base such that what I thought was going to be an epic, abundant feeling month was just an okay feeling month. And what I realized was that when I sat back and looked at, well, actually, do I want that revenue to be peak revenue or does that need to be my normal revenue to be able to sustain this expense line, I realised that actually I didn't want to put that much pressure on myself to have to always be at that peak revenue performance to feel good about the profit that was dropping out the bottom. So I sort of took that thought process to a conversation with Laura and she sort of qualified in this profit first methodology and we used the book and that methodology to actually look at my expenses and look at how we could increase my profit without increasing or putting so much pressure on that top line. And that was a process that we went through, I think probably about June last year, somewhere between March and June. It was really, really eye-opening to sort of shift the way I was thinking about it and actually just look at expenses really, really objectively and assess them. Mm. Just because this is here doesn't need to be here. What am I telling myself is the reason that this needs to be at this level, et cetera. And through some unpacking, I realized there was lots of stories I was telling myself, including big businesses pay this much for this service, which um, I got to rewrite that story. And on the back of that, I was able to really pull my expenses back. And I want to say I probably pulled them back by about 30%. I don't have the exact figures in front of me, but it was a lot. And it really took that pressure off the need to actually hit certain revenue and sales numbers to and, and to, to be able to sort of enjoy ultimately the fruit of more labor, my labors. Yeah. Just um, something to add to that too, and I've seen this with, you know, this isn't speaking to you, um, you know, specifically, But the last few years, right, a lot of services businesses went through this huge growth trajectory. And I know, you know, the whole time wasn't the same for every business. And I know that wasn't true for every business. 
But a lot of businesses were that would provide services were seeing a lot of growth during the pandemic period, right? And so what happens is like revenue is growing and, it, you know, for a lot of people, they almost like couldn't keep up with the, the demand, right? Business is growing, revenue was growing, demand was growing, and potentially some people have come out of the pandemic and it really experienced that. And so expenses were often growing at a similar rate, right? And that works when you're growing month on month, right? Because you can't keep up and expenses are kind of um, lagging behind a little bit. But then with the change in the economic climate and not necessarily seeing month on month growth every month, because that's not normal. That's not a normal business experience that every month is bigger than the last, right? And suddenly it's this realization that like, my monthly cost of running the business has actually gotten really high. And like you said, it's putting a lot of pressure on me to make certain sales and turn, you know, turn certain things around and and feeling like that hamster wheel. And so I know a lot of people might've felt that kind of expense creep that's kind of happened over like a couple of years um, because business was growing and growing really rapidly. We didn't necessarily need to have that same kind of focus that now we're being really asked to do because the environment's changed and we want to make sure that profitability is kind of locked in month on month. So I love that you said that and you had that experience. And I also want to kind of normalize that it was a bit of a response to how, you know, all these businesses were growing at the time. And as things change, we need to kind of go back and and evaluate and review those things and be like, hey, that decision potentially made great sense at the time, but it doesn't make the most sense right now in this climate or, you know, I actually am not using that anymore or, you know, whatever the case is. But just to kind of give people an understanding that like that's something I've seen that's been quite normal over this period and they're not alone if that's kind of happened. And they're suddenly in this spot where they're like, well, revenue was growing and I didn't quite realise how fast my expenses were growing and now I want to, you know, get to work on that. So let's talk specifics. What are the essential numbers that everybody listening should know in their business if they want to start to focus more on profit? The first thing to think about is how much does it cost me to run my business, right? Depending on your business model or like, you know, how you're structured, you might want to work that out on like a monthly basis. Some service providers might actually want to know that on an hourly basis. So for example, if you own a salon or you're a physiotherapist or you've got some sort of space that's open, you know, for certain hours, you want to understand how much it costs every hour that your doors are open Or if you're running more of an online business, potentially that hourly rate doesn't make as much sense, but you still want to know how much it costs to run my business on a monthly basis, right? That informs pricing, that informs profitability, that informs all of these things. So that's a key metric to get across. And, you know, that's something that if you're using Xero or QuickBooks or something like that, you can probably get a really quick understanding of that, having a look there. The second one is really interesting and that's around capacity and like utilization. So I was kind of giggling about working in a consulting firm and chargeable hours. But as a service provider, you know, I know most of the people listening to this podcast are probably service providers and that's who I work with in my um, business. We are selling time and it does have a finite cap on it. So we want to understand how much capacity we have. And if you've got a team, 
right? What are the number of hours that are available to be sold? Or if you maybe work in more of a package base, right? How many clients can we have on packages or in programs at any time? And what percentage of that are we actually at, right? So if you've got 200 hours available in your clinic and we're selling 150 hours, right? You start to get an idea because this can be something that can increase profitability without increasing cost. And the same too, if you've got packages and potentially you can work with, I don't know, 20 clients at a time um, and you're at 18, that's a really good metric to kind of see is like, where am I at in terms of capacity and understanding that because that's a lever that you can pull to increase profitability. And I, you know, something else that I love to get people to think about is what's your goal salary? How much do you actually want to be paying yourself? Right. And then we can reverse engineer the business based around that. So a lot of people want to be paying themselves a six figure salary. And if that's your goal, right, that's amazing. And what we can start doing is reverse engineering. Well, what size business, what kind of scale do we need to be at to create that for you? So just having clarity on where you want to get to. Maybe that doesn't make sense in your business right now, or maybe, you know, your business has the capacity to do that, but you've got to do some work in terms of profitability and changing things. But having that clarity on what is your ideal salary, what's the lifestyle you want to live, and then thinking about how to design your business to give you that is another awesome metric. And of course, I put cash profit each month. Right. So like how much profit in cash in the bank are you making each month? Right. Because we want to focus on profit. We want to have that metric there. So bringing that into focus and really understanding that is key. So there are a few metrics that are different levers towards increasing profitability, paying yourself more and really understanding how different parts of your business feed into profitability and also like tracking it and, and getting across it. Love that. You mentioned your ideal salary. Yes. Is there a benchmark? Is there a minimum? Is there a normal amount? So if somebody listening, say, you know, has a $500,000 business, is there like a percentage that they should be paying themselves as a minimum? Or is there any guidance that people can receive in relation to that? Or does it just come down to, well, I want to drive a Ferrari, so I need to earn X? (laughs) Um, There are great benchmarks. So I've got a resource that you can download and, and assess your business in all of the benchmarks. But as you says to someone who's earning or turning over $500,000, right? Their owner's compensation should be around 20%, right? And this is why I speak a lot about 100K, like getting to 100K salary, because most of the benchmarks work in whatever size business you're in to the way that Profit First is structured is at every stage, right? There's a way to pay yourself 100k from $200,000 turnover up. Obviously, that's a challenge, you know, while you're in that very early stage of business. But so most businesses should be able to eventually facilitate you having a $100,000 salary. And as a percentage, that shifts a little bit, right? So a business, you know, turning over $200,000, that's a 50% owner's comp ratio. Whereas a business at $500,000, that's a 20% ratio because at a $500,000 business, you've got different staffing levels, different costs. So that those percentages kind of change as your business goes through these different stages. But what I think is really cool is, and this is separate to profit, right? So profit is going to grow at every stage of your business. And so that's an additional benefit to the owners of the business. But what's really cool to be thinking about is 
at all these stages of business, I could be paying myself 100K salary. And I think for a lot of people, that's a great benchmark to be working towards and thinking about structuring their business that way. Obviously, too, if your ideal salary is $150,000 and and it's not $100,000, well, then we reverse engineer that and think about, well, what does it look like to be paying yourself that in your business? But yeah, so these are the things. So thinking about to just kind of summarize those benchmarks, so up to $250,000 of turnover, a business owner, you know, ideally should be paying themselves 50% of what comes into the business. At $250,000 to $500,000, it's 35% right? And 500000 to a million dollars, it's 20%. And so you can start thinking about what would that look like at your business level and thinking, am I kind of on track with that? Or is there opportunity for me to pay myself more? And how will I go about achieving that? And I guess coming back to that formula of revenue, less profit, probably less owner's compensation equals expenses. Exactly the next question then becomes, how do I pay myself that? And that is by really looking at the expenses part of the business and seeing, well, what am I spending? Why am I spending it? And how can I do this in a different way? Exactly. Like I love to think about it, you know, almost like a pie chart, right? The pie is the the same, right? And what is often happening is expenses are taking up a lot of the pie, not including owner's pay. Often expenses are running higher, in that pie than we want them to be. So there's often huge opportunity there. There can be other things too impacting it in terms of like maybe you're selling unprofitable offers, right? Because sometimes when you're in that reactionary mode, it's like, well, I've got to make payroll or I've got to pay this tax bill. And so we go and sell anything just to kind of get the cash in, not necessarily thinking about, well, you know, was that offer profitable? Is it going to give me what I need? So There's different things and there may be different service lines in your business or different packages, different ways that you're working with your clients that you can shift to. But often there's a lot of opportunity and expenses because like we spoke about before, that creep kind of happens and we're not necessarily, the conversation's not being had about, well, like, are we regularly reviewing our expenses? You know, do we have a process for that? So often there's opportunity there because it's just gotten bigger than it needs to be. So that's a great place to look in terms of then we're slicing that pie in a different way and we're getting more to you as the owner of the business, right? We're thinking about expenses in terms of what's really driving a return, right? How is this helping me grow the business versus, oops, like there's a double up there and I shouldn't really have that on my books. You know, that's an expense I don't need. So there's opportunity and expenses nine times out of 10, but there are different levers to pull to if you really are honest and are saying like, I'm running my business really leanly, then there's different areas you can look as well. Mm, Love that. I actually had a client come to me with a hiring need Mm -hmm. because she was doing all the things. She had people on her team, but she was like, I need to hand over more. And when we looked at all the things that she needed to hand over, There was lots of admin relating to her delivering one particular type of product or type of service offering in her business in that case. And when we added it all up, we were like, okay, so these things need to go to somebody else. That was our initial thinking. And then we did the maths around what that would cost to hire somebody else to do it. And then we compared that to what she was actually charging and actually what the whole process showed was what she thought was a hiring need was a pricing problem. 
because when we went to sub somebody else in to do the activities that she was doing behind the scenes to be able to deliver the service offering, it actually didn't make sense for anybody to be doing it at that price point. Right. So that's sort of to your point, it's if you're not profitable, if money's not dropping out the end, then it could also be, well, are you totally devaluing the cost it's taking you to do this? And therefore, is it actually a pricing problem as well? Right. And that's something I'm working with the client at the moment too, because she's she's had that epiphany of like, oh, my business should be paying me this much and it's not. And, you know, her ideal salary and all of those things. And we're starting to do that reverse engineering process. And suddenly when we see the cost of running the business, that's why that metric's so important too. And like you said, potentially for some people, they might want to evaluate that by service line or offering, right? So, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, it might be hair, it might be skin, you know, work, it might be you know, clinical stuff, it might be services to other businesses, whatever that is. But starting to review those because suddenly you have that realization like, no wonder I'm not making profit, right? This thing costs me X amount of dollars to deliver and I'm charging X plus one instead of X plus, you know, 50% or whatever that, that markup should be. And that's something that can really shift through this process as well, because we're coming into businesses, not necessarily business experts, and that's totally okay. So often these businesses are starting by being like, well, what are my top three competitors charging? right? And like, let me kind of charge the same, or maybe I want to go a little bit more premium, or I just want to be a little bit undercutting them to get, you know, clients through the door or whatever, not realizing that they probably haven't done that profitability work or their business model might be different or their cost base might be different. And so suddenly we've been, you know, charging these prices without that input around, well, what do I want to be paying myself? What is it costing me to run my business? What service lines are profitable? And I love that you know, that's another piece because this time and team and return on investment and profitability in a service-based business, they're really strongly interlinked. So that's why that utilization too, and like understanding how much time's going into these, these services, that can be a really fast lever to pull in terms of changing up, you know, the profitability story in your business. So for everybody listening who wants to hear or be able to get their hands on sort of that benchmarking that you started to talk about that, do you want to tell us the link to that now? I'll obviously pop it in the show notes as well, but do you want to share that? Yeah. So what you can do is you can download a guide. It's got these benchmarks that we've spoken about by business size. So you can quickly see where your business fits and it's got a step-by-step guide. So you can do like an instant assessment and be like, where am I now? And where would I like to get to? Um, So that's on my website at laurajohagan.com forward slash benchmark. Let's wrap up or start to wrap up then. Do you have sort of three top tips that you can share, you know, for people who are listening going, right, I really want to shift my, my thinking around this. I want I want more owner's comp, so I want to pay myself more. I want more profitability in the business. Like what are the top tips that we can send them away with? Yeah, perfect. So I think the first thing is have a plan, right? So doing, you know, doing that work, sitting down, if you use that, you know, benchmarking tool we spoke about or do something else, but have a plan of where's my business now and where do I want to get to? And what's the plan I'm going to take to get there? Because you probably didn't get to the position you're in right now overnight, right? And so just giving yourself the time to work through a plan and, you know, move towards where you want to get to is so important. So I think that's the first thing. Make a plan, understand where you are, where you want to be and make a plan to close the gap between the two. The second one, which we've spoken about today is really have a look at your expenses. So give yourself some time to have a look. So, 
you can either download, you know, this is a little bit techie talk, but a transaction listing from Zero or QuickBooks or whatever, you know, system you're using and download a transaction listing for either three or six months and give yourself the time to go through it. If you don't use a system like that, or that's a bit, you don't quite know how to get it, download your business bank statement, right? And then get three different colored pens or three different categories that you're going to look at your expenses through. Which ones are profit generating? Which ones are necessary, but potentially could be done in a different way? And which ones are just, you know, whoops, didn't realize that I was still paying for that. The waste category. So go through and do that activity. And then once you've done that, what I find with a lot of people is there's a lot of those ends, the necessary so then once you've done that initial, you know, grouping, the profit generating is, you know, if you're a hairdresser and you buy color to put on your, you know, client's hair, that's a profit generating activity. Same if you're a Facebook ads specialist and you maybe pay for your client's ads and they reimburse, that's that's profit generating. So those are really straightforward. You need those. You cannot deliver your service without that. So but use that lens like can I deliver this service without this? If the answer is no, then that's profit generating. Go through and look at your ends, your necessaries, right? Because what I find is there's often duplication. I vaguely remember working with someone and there was Dropbox and iCloud storage and all these different storage things. And that can be replicated across a bunch of different categories. So have a look at your necessaries. That may or may not have been Ms. That may or may not have been me, everybody. (laughs) Um, So have a look at those ends because, yes, you know, we probably need one storage solution that are all four necessary, right? And, And looking at things too that are like courses, subscriptions, all of those things that often they're like sort of small but there's multiples of them and really evaluate and then potentially set some parameters. So, for example, I don't buy courses based on emotion. I base them based on solving a problem and maybe having a decision checklist or something like that. And then the third thing they can do, so someone who wants to increase profit, is open a separate dedicated business bank account for 2024 for profit, right, and just allocate 1% of everything everything that comes into your business there and run your business off the rest, the 99%, and just make that incremental change and see how that feels. Suddenly you're banking cash, you're running your business just you know a little bit leaner. It might be 1% less, but it's a great way to start training your brain around putting profit first. So when you're you know going to pay your expenses and money's coming in, just making sure you're putting that aside in that separate bank account and see how that feels for you. So there's three things people can get to work on straight away. Love that. Super practical. Have a plan. Check out your expenses, I'd suggest, with a glass of wine and open a, another bank account and start allocating at least 1% across yep. to it as profit to try and start to rewire your brain. So good. Oh, Laura, thank you so much. It's been a really, really great conversation today. I'm sure that everybody's going to want to lean in. We'll put that link in the show notes, but where else can people connect with you to hear and learn more? Perfect. So the best place is just head over to my website, www.laurajohagan.com. There's free resources on there. You know, my email address is there. You can connect there. So that's a great place to get started and check out some other resources too. And otherwise, just come and connect with me. Same handle for Instagram, Laura J. O'Hagan. Come and connect there. It's a great place. You can let me know how you went with the benchmarking. If you've got questions, just drop me a DM. I'd love to hear how that goes for you. 
amazing. Well, I highly recommend everybody go through this process. It certainly was so significantly thought-provoking and, you know, business-changing for me when I went through it in the middle of the year. So thank you so much for coming on and having a chat, Laura. It's been beautiful to talk to you. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. I feel like we could talk for hours, but I'm glad we've like reined it in. We've done pretty well. (laughs) It's been so great to be here. Thanks for coming. Catch you soon. Bye.